Digital journey of self-discovery. My name is Amina Isir, and thank you so much for joining me on my journey. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. So this, I think, is the first time or one of the first times we're talking about food on this podcast. And I feel like so many people, when they hear you're going back home, they get jealous and they think you're just going to eat so well. Like, you know, all the things that we're used to eating here. And I feel like, honestly, to this day, I don't look at mango juice the same. I'm like, ah, oh, mango juice just makes me think of back home. And so this episode, we kind of talk about how to build community, identity, and belonging through food. Ayan joins me in this episode and talks a little bit more about her blog, Eating in Hamar. So please check it out on Instagram. And please let us know what places you've ate at, what meals you really remind you of the motherland. Well, Ayan, thank you so much for joining me. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Amina. No problem. All right, so you want to tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Okay, well, oh, that's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of things to say. Okay, so I'm, my name's Ayan. I was born and raised in Canada. Um, I moved to Somalia when I was 21 years old, and then I didn't look back for a good four years. Um, it was the craziest, wildest funniest saddest moment of my time I don't know how to put it into words it was it was a vibe that's really mm-hmm. Somalia was a vibe <laughs> if you know you know as I say that's like at, going to Somalia at 21 and saying and being like oh it was a vibe that's usually like completely opposite of what everybody would think ah I I think for me why it was a whole lot more exciting being living in Somalia because like where I'm from I'm like it's a very like sheltered area like I'm the only Somali girl in my city um I grew up like you know in a very conservative household where you know we weren't I was not allowed to leave my house after like 10 p.m so it was like my first kind of sense of freedom and independence so once I saw it whoo it was a it was, it was an adventure all right and you're like but I'm not looking back I'm, I'm not, not looking back. I didn't want to like it they had to literally force me to come back it was reverse duck and Alice I call it so where did you go exactly in Somalia so predominantly I, I was in Mokhodisho um aka Little Hamar um, I went around to other areas as well. I went to Arkeisa, um, I went to Borama, Galkayo, uh, Getaway, Las Ana. I just did a whole little kind of road trip o- over there, but most of the time I was living and working in, in Mokodisho. Okay, so I'm going to ask you the same question you first asked me of when did you embrace your Somali Nimal? Oh, that's a really good question. Honestly, I probably when I landed in Somalia, because as I said, I, I was literally like anti-Somali everything. I don't know what it was. I think because like, as I said, I didn't really grow up with Somalis. I had like this kind of identity crisis. And to say like, I, aside from like my skin tone, I, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you if I was Somali. Like I didn't know the language. Like I was, I was literally scared of Somalis. I remember I used to be going on a bus all the way to school and I'll see like Somali mothers and I would hide from them. And I don't know what it was. I feel like maybe I was projected thinking they were judging me because I wasn't hijabi. Maybe I was wearing jeans. Um, I didn't know the language. So I just felt like I couldn't bond with, with other Somalis. I, I used to tell everybody, I would never marry a Somali. That's never happening to all the men listening. I love my Somali kings now. So don't worry. <laughs> we love you guys now. So going to Somalia was just what I needed like it was like so my mom like my mom presented an opportunity to me I think she saw that I was feeling a little lost in this world 
So she's like, you know what? Maybe go rest your head. Go to some, let's go to Somali together. Maybe it will show you what you want to do. Because I honestly, I felt lost in this world. So I think she realized maybe she's like really learned her roots. And I'm so happy she gave me that opportunity. Like it's kind of a little forced to go, but I'm so glad I needed that push. Honestly, I, I really needed it. And then coming to Somalia, like it was like a spiritual awakening. Um, it was it was so nice to be able to like you know learn the language. I still suck at it. What would you say <laughs> if you had one reason though why it's bad? That was the same. My cousin, I remember he was he was like one of the first like my local cousin. He used to always come to my house like, hey, I'm gonna come like hang out with you. Da da da. I'll teach you Somali. So I was like, great. I brought a pen and paper. Mm-hmm. I saw he also brought a pen and paper with him. And then he'd be like, hey, how do you see this in English? How do you see this in English? I'm like, are you teaching me? I'm teaching you. Yeah. Like I'm so confused. I'm like, you know, forget it. Forget about it. Like. It was, it was, it was odd. So then what did, um, when you were there, what did, um, like belonging or community, like what kind of made you lean into your Somali identity? So exactly said, I really felt like I, I, I felt like I finally belonged somewhere as much as like, as we said, like we, as diasporas, we don't know where we kind of fit in at the end of the day, no one can tell me this is not my home. I, I never felt like so much as an outsider to, to the locals. It was really great that like, when you can, you can walk outside, you can knock on anyone's door and be like, hey, I want to go pray Makrib. And be like, hey, Sadoo. Like, there was no hesitation. Like, it's like, no matter who you are, there was such a, a such a family. And one of the biggest shocking was, is like, I really thought like people would talk about Kabil and, and like, a divide like that. I don't think nobody ever asked me what my Kabil was. Maybe they already kind of knew because where I lived, I guess it was kind of like, obvious. if you live in a certain area, you kind of knew. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, no one asked me. I didn't ask nobody. Um, so and I really felt like we were just Somali like all these other bullshit did not did not matter it was just nice that like the hospitality was was just unreal to them like people would be on the streets while like come together like hey come eat at my house we'll just all like eight times things like that it was just it was so beautiful and I think it was something I really needed like just to feel like I had a sense of belonging so I think that's like one of the big reasons I stayed aside from not having to cook or clean and drive that's the other main reason so yeah. that princess life mashallah i loved it like yeah no 100 percent. that and it's like it, it's such a luxury like you know because people think oh you're going to africa like why would you want to go to africa but the lifestyle standard is not as far this right? i tell everybody i'm more rich over there than i am here my house over there like mashallah like it's a great house like it's way more modern looking than i'm sitting here like what like i do i feel like, and i don't blame them it's it, I, it's the media it's the lack of the unknown maybe they don't know a lot of people that went back i think they they don't have that kind of ignorance nowadays with, with such like the rise in technology in somalia so they're seeing a lot more people posting on social media like what real life is like that the media doesn't want to show so I see a lot more people like, hey, like, okay, Somalia's pretty cool now. Like, you know, we have great things and things like that. So I'm, I'm happy that we're kind of leaning towards, uh, leaning out of that, that bias that the media portrayed on us. So speaking about that, you have a blog um, or a platform to really kind of show other parts of Hamar, eating in Hamar. So could you speak a little bit about what brought you to do that and what that experience oh. was like? Oh my God. It's honestly the one of the greatest experience I ever had, Amina. Like, so, so I moved to Somalia around 2013 and that's kind of like when Mokojisha was kind of restarting, like 2012, like, the, like once we had like the uh, government administration kind of open. And then since then things started opening. I literally, the week I was there, the next day they started paving roads on the ground. I'm like, Oh, okay. So I literally seen like Somalia develop in my eyes. And then 
when I got there, I started slowly meeting like other diasporas and asked them how their experiences was uh, thus far. And it seems like a lot of them kind of had the same thing where they didn't really like it. And they all have maybe their own personal reasons why they're not enjoying it. Maybe it's because of the circumstances. Um, a lot of them kind of live on the outskirts of town where you have to come back at a certain time because of like, it's not safe to be out at night. And me, I'm, I'm very privileged where I live in like in the heart of the city where I have access to everything. I can walk around. I felt safe walking around like 11 p.m. And mm -hmm. no one's batting my eye. Not by myself. I'm not that crazy. But I, I can do this inside of living number upward than somebody living in like Daniela or some, something like that. So I, I can understand. But I think a lot of it had to do with food. They, they said the same thing. The food sucks over there. Um, there's nothing to eat. Every day, Boston, Barisi, and I'm like, no, that can't be. There's, there's no way. For me, there wasn't because I literally walked, let me tell you, my first day coming to Somalia, okay? I go, my family all brings me in. We're all sitting outside. They're like, do you want pizza? I'm like, there's pizza? Like, yeah, there's pizza here. It'll be here in 10 minutes. Oh, okay. And then I find out we own a pizza shop. Like, we own a freaking pizza shop? I'm like, oh, this is it. I'm staying. Like, pizza is my favorite food in this whole wide world. Like, I think they knew. And I'm like, I'm set. So I was just so happy to have that kind of access, like, right downstairs like I don't know how I didn't gain like 50 pounds like it's that sun oh that's not right like that sweat is you walk outside it's a sauna so I was sweating all that pizza out real quick mm -hmm. so it was it was great and then so slowly I'm seeing like new restaurants open up I'm seeing a new pizza shop I'm seeing a new burger shop and then I started telling all my friends I'm like hey like this is here like let's let's enjoy it and then I started noticing like oh they're they're enjoying their time here and I'm like, oh, okay, this is kind of cool. Like, and I, I'm a big foodie. I used to always like post my food anyways, like back in Canada. So posting my food in Somalia wasn't a difference, but I never thought about doing something with it. Uh, I was just like, just for my friends and family. And then 2014, we had TEDx show, which I shout out to them. They have changed my life forever. I was so inspired by all the speakers, all the amazing professionals. Like I didn't, I, I never met when I was there. So it was my first hand of seeing professional Somalis doing great things around the world. I was so inspired, Am, and I'm not even exaggerating. Within five days, I opened Eaton and Hummer. Like mm -hmm. I didn't, I, I had an idea. I wanted to do something. I wanted to make a blog about my experience at Hummer, but I never knew what it was. And then seeing all of that inspiration, I'm like, okay, let me just do it. Like, let me stop thinking about it. Let me just do it. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna do about food. I, I'll do what I know. Um, dunia hai, let me just post about food. Mm -hmm. And I didn't think people would love it this much. I, I'm so happy that I was able to, there's two main objectives to Eaton and Hamar. It was one was I wanted to really show the positivity of Hamar uh, through food. I really felt like food is like really a natural way to like bring people together, um, to know that like you can find your comfort food in Somalia, like you can find your pizza, your burger, shawamas. I found sushi. I found Oreos. It was like one time though, but still, it is what it is. So like I was happy, like that one moment. Uh, and then the second thing I really wanted to do with it was to help bring advertisement and marketing for for the business over there. Like they didn't really have an understanding of internet marketing. You know how small people are. Like we only know like word of mouth, and you know it works for it. It works until it doesn't, and I feel like they weren't appreciating how media is now. And it's, it's the lack of the unknown. They don't really know. They don't understand how that is. So I was like, okay, let me, let me show them. Um, the diaspora owners of these establishments were a lot more understanding of what I wanted to do for them. But it was the locals that were so in a leg. <laughs> like, I'm like, 
I'm not asking nothing from you until I come and take pictures of your food. Kalas. Sabab. I want to post the internet. Like in Sabab. I'm like, just see. Just, just <laughs> trust me, okay? And then I started posting them and they'll come back like, oh my God, Abaya, all these diasporas came out of nowhere. What is this? Wakushig. 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 So it was, oh my God, it was such an experience and I'm I'm so happy um, for it. I'm so happy. I think the the best thing about this blog was the amount of um, people messaging me on my social media saying, because of you, I'm coming to Somalia. I never knew Somalia was like this. They, I've heard people say they made bucket lists through all the places I was posting. That just warms my heart up because I had such a love for Somalia and I really wanted other people to see it, but I, I couldn't just tell them. I wanted them to see it on their own. So I was happy to provide that kind of platform for them. And I don't, I don't regret a, a minute of it. I, I'm living my passion and getting paid to eat, getting paid to eat. What? That yeah, sounds like a win. And living in Somalia, like living in an amazing tropical city at the same time. I couldn't ask for more, by I really couldn't. Did people, um, so did you meet people like did like that followed your blog? Did they come say, oh, I'm in Mogadishu. Could you show me around? Like, was that? that oh, yes. Oh, 100 percent. I think majority of my good friends that I made was through that. Like I've had a lot of people um, message me and be like, hey, I'm coming to town or I'm in town. We show me around. I'm like, yeah, bet. Um, can you just bring me something? Can you bring me like candy? Like that, 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 that was my only price of admission. I'm like, I don't like just not you can because that was the only thing missing in Somalia. So I was like, just bring me that. Maybe a little lipstick or two. You know, I don't ask for too much. Yeah, but there was there was it was so nice. Um, and I'm I'm a very nice person. I'm very welcoming. I have such a bubbly personality, and I love meeting new people. So it was a win for me too. And I'm like, you know what? I wish I had that kind of person. I didn't have really someone to really show me around. So I was I was happy. I was could be somebody else. Not for the guys. The guys are weird, but for the, for the girls, I was like, yeah, yeah. I got you. Um, and it, 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 it was great. Like I call myself the unofficial tour guide at Mokodesho. Farmajo needs to hire me. I don't know what he's doing. No, seriously, that is something that would be so major. It was, it was amazing. So I was, I was happy I could be that for, for others. I wanted to ask you, um, what were your top three favorite places to eat in Hamar? <gasps> oh my gosh. Only three. I was Only ready three. for this. Okay. Okay, shout out to Pizza Plus. I have to be biased. It's my family's Makayid in number Afar. If you know, you know. Um, they honestly have one of the best pizzas. I don't know about now, but when I was there, it was one of the greatest pizzas. Have you ever had a ca- like camel pizza? Like, no. Well, it changed my life. Hill of Gale changed my whole life, okay? I never knew. I remember my family did not tell me for four months they are giving me Hill of Gale every day. I, when I got there, I was like, who eats camel? What? Like, mm. I was so ignorant. Like, I hella ignorant about it. They're like, huh, okay, so did they, what eat Korea? Like, they told me it's just Hill of Arya. And I don't know any difference. Yeah. I'm like, this is so salty and chewy, but okay. Like, and then finally told me, yeah, you've been eating Hill of Gale. I'm like, oh. Okay, I'm glad they didn't because I was living way too ignorant. So camel pizza changed my life. Camel milk. Oh my gosh. Um, so pizza plus is one. Number two, this is a place called Posh Treats. It's a, I don't know what they call themselves. It's a restaurant slash shisha spot slash guest house slash spa slash everything. It's a little mm-hmm. like a country house, I would say. And so the cooks were predominantly foreigners. I think they were like in Pakistani, Kenyan. And the menu was like a typical like a diaspora fest, like pizza, burgers, da da da. They had the one of the best burgers in town, and I loved going there just for like the environment. It was like the hangout spot for all the young people. All my friends were there. We used to all just kick back and hang out there. Like we do like play fun games. We do karaoke. It was fun. Somali karaoke. 
the funnest thing in the world. Everybody thinks they can sing. Everybody. And they don't care. I love the confidence in our people. So mm-hmm. I enjoy um, being there. And then number three, maybe not for the food, but for the scenery, it's Beachview um, on Lido Beach. Mm-hmm. I just love like the be- just the scenery, just like be able to eat on the beach, seeing the, the beautiful um, our ocean. Um, it was just, I, I loved it. The wind in our face, the the fresh mango juice drinking every day, just kicking back. It was just, I, I loved it. So those would be um, my three. But I got a whole bucket list for a place I can't wait to go back because I feel I'm so angry. The amount of great place that opened yeah. after 2015, I felt like it was an attack on me. I'm like, you couldn't, you could have done this when I was here? What? Like, yeah, Beachview was actually the first place I had a meal in the show. And, and we went at night and then like I, I wrote about it because it was like literally like all I, I, I thought when I went to Somalia like the beach and then like music and so this guy had a coven and they're all singing and then the group got louder and louder and then they're jamming and then the oceans in the background you can hear the waves crashing I don't even know what I drank it was like a fruit cocktail drink but mm. it was so Mushato. good <laughs> whatever they call it what about else what are, what what food places did you go to that you remembered so I like the food in my hotel I don't remember what my hotel was called but it was um it was really nice looking and then I went to H Hotel I think yeah um, that's one of the places I'm angry that opened right after I left it's so gorgeous they have the Subaia on top like um the material everywhere and it's like and it's so like exactly what I thought Somalia was going to be like, like old Italian type of buildings but then there's also like palm trees and then I went to the village restaurant in Halame that was pretty yes. good and I went to Pizza House did you go was Pizza House open when you were there yeah yeah, it's, it's a really pretty place. Yeah, I love the Hamdawaina street food. Like, I was, it's the first time I've ever seen something like Lefo, um, Mendazi, um, this little coconut thing. Like, like, it's so foreign. I've never seen this. I don't know if it's like something indigenous to like in, in Hamdawaina. I don't know where these foods kind of came but, but a lot of it is like Indian looking type of the Mendazi, they have that in East yeah. Africa. Yeah. And then the orange circle things, that's Hindi. Like, you know? Mm-hmm. And then the mango left left thing, I think it's probably Indians. Like, Indians will do that with their um, mangoes and things like that. Oh. First of all, Hamadwena is my favorite. Like, Lida and Hamadwena, those are the favorite parts. Um, yes. I, and I was like, everyone looks, like, different. Like, they look kind of Indian, look kind of Arab. Like, what is happening here? And then, yeah. and then when I ate that food, I was like, this shows, like, that it was, like, the Indian Ocean, like, trade line and stuff. Yes. I was, you know, it's funny, speaking of that, like, I don't know what it was, maybe because I, I never seen, I don't, I wasn't accustomed to Somalis. I never knew how versatile we are. I never knew about, like, Barawis. I never knew about, like, Rehamers. So I go and I'm like, yeah. where are all these light-skinned people coming from? What? You're not Somali. I need proof of this right now. Yeah. Do your ancestry.com. What is this? And then I learned a lot more about Somali history and where we came from. I'm like, okay. So I, I was happy to learn a whole lot more about my history there. That's another another thing I really took out of that too. Yeah. I was, I was like, I had knew like some of it. So it was just nice to see it come to life, but experiencing it was a completely different experience than just knowing these things. What would you say though, um, for you, like, some of the surprises and like the learnings that you had while you were in Mogadishu throughout the year. Um, so a big surprise that I saw, which again, it came from straight ignorance was Mogadishu is not a conservative <laughs> city. Okay. I was, I was bamboozled. If you didn't, I'm telling, that's why I tell all these parents, do not send your kids for Duck and Ellis because whatever they were doing where in their country, they're going to find in Somalia for cheaper and no one's going to care about it. So I literally come thinking like, I'm not going to see anything. We're all holy people. We're all 
great Muslims. It's great. And I come in the first day seeing like a bunch of guys smoking cigarettes and all this cod and all this other stuff. And I'm like, what? Like the nightlife over there. I was like, yo, this is crazy. Like, this is not a place you should send for kids. Like, this is not it. Like, yeah. um, so that was one thing I was really surprised by. And I, again, it was all ignorance and I should have known better. Like, you know, as much as, you know, Islam is a beautiful religion. Muslims are not perfect. So I, I learned that real, real quick. I'm like, okay, it's, it's, it's whatever. Um, and the fact that they're kind of open about it. I think you've noticed when I went to Hargeisa, it's like the complete opposite, right? Mm-hmm. Like Hargeisa is, is very quite conservative city. Um, you can't find anything. I remember like there's no shisha allowed in like in public. I'm sure there's like a, an underground thing going on. I'm not like, I'm sure that's what's happening, but you can't be public, right? You can't yeah. be public yeah. ab- about it. Um, but in Mokodisho, it's it's all public. They really do. They don't care. Like, I was so shocked. Like, I mean, everyone talks about Mokodisho is different. It's a lot more liberal than the North. But when I went there, I was like, yo, like, even I was like, dang, nobody's going to say anything to me. Like, because the Hergesa, they're going to say something to you, even if you're showing your neck, you know? But how much yeah. nobody really cared about anything? What else? One thing I really learned, I think it was learned for my own self was how to not be so passive. I think what I, one thing I took from Somali was I felt like I was so nice for my own good maskinka and they take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. So I had to learn real quick how to grow some cojones when, when I was there, especially when I, when I started working, um, I was in a position of like in, in management and where I was like managing over 20, 30 men in, in, in the hospitality industry. And they would not take my authority seriously because I was so nice to them. I would treat them as my friend. I allow them to do whatever they want. And I'm thinking that's the right way to go. Um, they're not slaves. You know, treat them with kindness and respect and they'll treat it back. But maybe I was being a little too nice about it. And they just kind of took advantage of it. And I don't know, maybe because I was just young or miskeen or diaspora. I don't know what it was, but it was so frustrated about it. So I had to learn real quick to like... I have to be a little more aggressive, especially with, with the men, because I feel like they only respect that. I think maybe that's what all they know. I don't know what it is, but I'm like, okay, if I have if I want to survive in Somalia, I can't be so nice to, to everybody. So that was the one big aspect I had to I learned from that. So I'm so happy. I was like, oh gosh. I never know how, how I was too nice for my own good. Like, damn. Yeah. So what about you? What was like something you like you were like really surprised of when you were in Somaliland? Um I was surprised by everything. I think the the nice bit was really hard for me to adjust to as well. And like, I don't like the social hierarchy, like the hegemony, mm-hmm. like, so I'm not going to think I'm better than you because I'm from like America, like that yeah. anything to me. So I was just like always fight. I was always fighting, honestly. Like, and I think a part of it was to not let them think that I was passive, but I also was just like, dialogue and communication is the only way that you can find a middle ground and like make some change and then I think yeah. by the time I realized that they're just not going to listen you're not going to get far with that like just mm-hmm. end it off Somali gave me a lot of freedom I just thought it was going to be a really good wholesome like grounding experience <laughs> and it was like nobody's going to tell you what to do in your whole life like you know you just kind of make your own rules so it really just gave me a sense of like I can navigate everywhere and like you know you could still be nice yeah, and I'm never really going to let anybody tell me what to do ever. Like, that's Experience. <laughs> it proved that to me. And I think I had to, I had to go through that experience to, like, relearn that. Like, mm. even though you might be nice, you're still very solid, you know? like Yeah. Yeah. I think it really taught us boundaries, especially. Like, I had to learn real quick to not let people get so familiarized with me because they they take it so weird. And it's like, 
this weird sense of like there's no privacy in Somalia. So like if I tell somebody one thing, it's going to be going across the own things. So I should be in a woman navigating being a professional woman it's like your reputation will be slandered in two seconds mm-hmm. if, if they hear about anything whether it's true or not so that was a really hard thing to to go with and, it, and it's just like I was that was frustrating like I feel like um, me being like um an influencer or whatever you want to call it like I was out in the public so I felt like I had such a higher standard to myself where like I can't mess up I can't look bad because if I do I'm gonna look bad for everybody mm-hmm. at this point and then the last thing where I was the joy of it was learning how beautiful Somalia was. I never knew, like I never, as I said, I never knew anything about Somalia before going. I really thought the biggest problem with Somalia was pirates. I think that I watched Captain Phillips before I came to Somalia. So like, oh shit, the pirates are gonna get me. What am I gonna do? I can't swim. (laughs) So that was like, so maybe my ignorance helped a little bit because not knowing about the real security in Somalia, let me be more free. Like I felt like, I didn't get scared to go out because I'm like, I didn't know any better. So I was kind of happy in that sense. I was a little more ignorant to that because I feel like a lot of people don't want to go to Mokadish, especially because of what they hear. And I don't blame them. Like I've seen a lot of things and, and it's so, Alhamdulillah, I came out of it alive. Like yeah. the amount of almost, almost got, they got me like just being in the wrong place at the wrong time. But so, but I had to learn that like things happen. Allah, I don't want to live in fear. If I'm going to live in fear, what's the point of being here? Like, I don't want to move like that. So I, I was happy that I, I kind of started with that. But I learned to be cautious, obviously. Like, you can't move around thinking it's a safe place because it's, it's not. So how do you navigate that, though? Like, still wanting to go out, still doing things, still working? Like, but then mm-hmm. how do you manage that with the security and, like, you know, um, being cautious? I kind of learned the times. It's really bad. I literally, there's, like... There were certain times where you think that certain things kind of happen, like attacks might happen, maybe around uh, dur time. So I learned not, I don't go out maybe from like 11 to like 3 p.m. And I'm usually, I'm usually at work anyways at those hours. So I'm not really, I mostly go out to see my friends and family maybe after Makrib because it's all, it is relatively a lot more safer after that. Um, things don't usually happen at, at those hours, but it's it's frustrating kind of living like that kind of living like oh i can't go in these areas at this time because something might happen you never know that fear is it it happens but i feel like i got very i got really desensitized really early over there like something would happen maybe like attack might happen at lido and then once it stops like okay let's go out now guys we're free and i'm like that's that's it's a weird mentality to have but like you kind of have to just survive. Like there's no way you can sit there and be so sheltered at, at home. So it was this weird balance, but I put my trust in Allah at, at always. My time is my time. Um, I just learned not to maybe be out at in certain areas around certain times. And that's all I can do. I just prayed it out. I'm like, I'll read my out to kursi. Bismillah. I'm mm-hmm. good. Like, But that was it. So was it still worth it being there and navigating the, that type of life? Oh, Oh, 100%. It was. Like, honestly, Somalia has changed me. I don't care what I did for the country. I'm so happy what the country did for me. Like, it made me the person I was. It made me grow up really fast as well. Like, as I said, like, being really sheltered growing up in, in a small hick down over here. Um, I wasn't, I never saw the world. I never saw it. And be able to meet so many different people, uh, so many diasporas around the world. I was able to, like, kind of live through their eyes. I, 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 I got so much work experience over there in so many different sectors. Um, it was, 
I can't, I can't trade it for the world. There's, there's nothing. And I'm alive. That's all I can say from it. Like I made it. We made yeah. it. Okay. So the last thing um, that I want to ask you was we were talking about like when you're trying to look for BK. Oh my yeah, and your Somali fandom. So I went to Hargeisa um, for like a week for, for a work trip. And my main objective, my only pre- my only purpose of there was to meet BK. My love for him is so unreal. I want to learn the Rehoye just for him. Like that was, I, his songs, I love it. And I knew, I didn't understand what I was saying, but I didn't care. I was, I loved him. And then, so I was asking everybody, yo. And everyone was telling me, yo, he's always here. He's always at like, he sings at all the weddings, all the events. You'll find him, don't worry. I worried because I couldn't find him. I would ask everybody, I don't know where he is. Maybe Merkel will add it. La, la, la. I'm like, okay, fine. I gave up. And then my second last day there, I ran um, this girl. Um, that I guess she followed me on Snapchat. It's like, hey, I live in Harkesa. Um, I'll take you out if you would like. I'm like, yeah, sure. Why not? Because I didn't really know. I didn't get to see. I didn't meet a lot of people when I was there. So I was happy that a girl reached out to me, especially. Um, so she's like, hey, we're having um, like a cabin night. At, at, a, at a place it was like going away party do you want to come I'm like yeah bet and Kazuki was there too mind you it was all so weird I'm like what are you doing here like, <laughs> I, it, was, it was happy to meet somebody I actually knew from from Mohodisho so I was I was excited to make me make a friend there and then so I started telling her my story I'm like oh my god I really want to meet BK I'm so sad and she's like laughing I'm like why are you laughing I was with him last night he was at a party I was like you couldn't have told me this like 48 hours of this. <laughs> you couldn't message me this, but I'm it's okay. It is, it is what it is. Um, I still got love from my heart. Um, but well, fuck Ukutege. Was... He's not a singer anymore. And I Mashallah, good, good for him. He was he was one of the realest. Um, I just and I love fangirling. I have no shame of fangirling. I would I'm I call myself as that side from being the ambassador, I'm the Somali cheerleader. If you are Somali creator content, I love you. I'm supporting you. I will come to you. You can ask any person I've came to. I would always come to be like, I fucks with you. I love your content. Keep doing what you're doing. Like, you're amazing. Like, I, I love, love my it. people. And I think it makes, I think my love for Somalia, I think it has to do with the lack of, a lack of having it when I was younger. So I'm, I feel like I'm low-key kind of making up for it now. Like, yeah, I know, 100%. <laughs> Yeah, so that was that was that was mine. Do you have any fangirls? Like, oh, like I love Nuhan because Nuhan also has like an old soul spirit. Like he really loves like the older sounds and stuff. Yeah. In 2015, we were in the same venue. Like they were all performing at some place. All Hidigagiska. I didn't know who they were, what was happening. I was yeah. just like, oh, whatever. I don't know what they're talking about. And then 2016, he moved to Mogadishu. We like that. So he was in Mogadishu. He never came back to Nisan. I kept going back mm-hmm. to Nisan. When I went to Mogadishu, then he went to Kenya. So I'm trying to find Nuhan. Like, love Nuhan too. Oh my God. I, I went a little crazy for him. Him too that was really it was an embarrassing moment in my life but it was <laughs> thank you for doing it still like because i couldn't like but i don't even think i could go out like that i would just be like oh my god like can we take when i saw the ko i saw the ko when i went to mogadisho and oh, yeah? i was like he walked in and i was like oh my god and my friend that i was with was like are you seriously fangirling like we don't care about these singers like with a regular shab you know and i was like because he sat in the audience in hargeisa any Fananin or anybody Magalet, they would sit in the front VIP, like completely mm. from the rest of them. So he's like, there was empty seat next to me. He's like, can I sit next to you? I was like, yeah. And then I was like, can we take a picture? He's like, yeah, sure. Like, he was just so calm. And I was like, I kept telling my friend, oh my God, it's Kalakeo. And he's like, I don't care. Like, why are you fangirling? I was like, listen, 
it's a big deal for us to like see it come to life you know we're just yeah. far removed so it's like oh, we're in the culture like we know these people it's it's funny i don't know what it is i think no even i don't know if it's a somali thing but sometimes people don't like to rep their own have you yeah. noticed like yeah. now like coming back to toronto like now i have such a love like somali people somali content creators i would i would tell people like oh my god i saw this person i saw this somali rapper this somali singer they're like why do you care? Like, yeah. what? Like, they're just some regular people. Like, they're not. They're doing their things. Like, and they get, they hate me when I go, when I go fangirl them. I'm like, I don't care. They have, to, they have to see their support. Why do we move like this? I don't know if it's a Toronto thing, but we're known as like the screw face city. Yeah. So like, they do not like to show love. But I'm like, I'm not going to let you stop me and be myself. I'm always going to be my, th- my authentic self. And nobody going to stop that. Yeah. And I think that's why Somalia is so freeing because you don't have to deal with that and you deal with other things, but there's also like a space of like a lot of people are there for the love, right? Like of the culture mm. of the people. Um, so that's nice because we don't have that. Somalis love to hate on Somalis. And I'm like, we need positive representation by any means necessary. Like always. And I'm here for it. And I'm here to keep supporting. Nobody's gonna stop me otherwise. But no, I had I had an amazing time and I really can't wait. Uh, to go back hopefully when I do go back it's gonna be to live there forever I'm ready for a one-way ticket I'm, I'm taking way too long but inshallah 2021 y'all y'all be seeing me y'all be seeing me do a lot more amazing things take tourism to a whole new level and I know people might think yo this place is not the greatest why you worry about tourism there's so much other things to worry about yeah I know we have to worry about our education our health care our security corruption but I can't control that that's something I cannot do nothing about what I can do is help other diasporas love their country I've been doing it I know I'm great at doing it and I want to continue doing it if I even bring one diaspora back home and love the country alas I'm happy so you said um, your focus is on bringing diaspora back, but how are you going to integrate locals into also loving their country, learning more about their country and into like, you know, enjoying the best of what Somalia and Somaliland has to offer? That's a good, that's a really good point. And I feel like that's something I, being my comfort zone, I think that's why I'm so like always so focused on diaspora because that's what, what I know. Um, and I feel like the, the best thing right now is to do a lot more collaboration, having diasporas integrate with the locals, having each other understand each other, because there's such a big disconnect with that. Like the locals, they hate us. And I don't blame them for hating us. We kind of came in feeling like we are entitled. We should take all the jobs. We have brought up the housing property, like through the roof, like the economy has like gotten really bad because of the diasporas. So I don't blame them for not not liking us because we don't understand each other. So I think it'd be really great to hold more spaces where they can talk with each other, having the locals be with the diasporas and kind of integrating, figuring out what their common uh, ground is and definitely having locals learn the country too. Because you know, it's funny, the amount of people that I met, locals who said they were born and raised in Mokotisha but never been to Lido. And I'm like, what? Like, I went, I went, you know how they have those little boats at Lido? Yeah, I went on that. And then my friend was with me. He grew up in Mogadishu. He's like, I've never been on these boats. Like, why would I do this? And I'm like, wow, I'm going to go on the boat. So you're going to go on the boat or not? Because that's what we yeah. have options. And it's, it's crazy. And I don't know what it is. And I, it, and I think, especially, I, I understand for on, on a woman's aspect, because they were, we're, we're, we're told to stay home. There's no recreation activities for, for women over there. Like, I think that'd be so great to, to definitely do a whole lot more tourism for the locals, be able to show them around, take them to Afkoi, go to the beaches, go go to the outskirts of, of the city and just just have fun. And I feel like 
they feel like because they're in survival mode, fun is not on their mindset. They have to yeah. think about their food, water, and shelter. So, and that's perfectly understandable that you have to think about your needs, but there's a whole lot more to life than that. And it's because they don't know any, they didn't know, they lived through civil war all their life. So this is brand new to them. They never had a reasoning to want to go to the beach. So if I could start a whole thing for women going swimming, yo, that'd be so cool. Like, I'd love to see it. We need to like hashtag bring options to Somalia. (laughs) That's that's what we gotta do. My I think my last party thing is maybe like advices to people Mm -hmm. who might want to go over their their homeland. Um, As I said before, please make sure you you don't stay in your comfort zone. Be open minded. Like I really wish I was a lot more open minded to like going to new places, meeting new people, Um, and it was just something that it probably hindered my, my progress over there. Just knowing that like, um, there's a lot more than what the media is saying about, about Somalia. Like it is a really beautiful place. It's not all, all terror, especially in Mokodisho. There's a lot more to Somalia than Mokodisho. If you feel like you want to be in a safe place, by all means, go to Getaway, go to Kismaya, go to Hargeisa. Like no one's forcing you to be in Mokodisho, but keep that open mind that like there is more to it and there's a whole lot more positivity. So don't come with this preconceived notion that like bad things are going to happen or you're in bad deal or all you can eat is hilip gale, which is obvious. I don't, I'm okay with that. You, I'll eat hilip gale every day now. I don't, I don't, I don't mind. No, I just wanted to say thank you so much, Emma. Like this is a really great time. I'm so happy to be able to keep talking about Somalia. Like my friends are tired of my Somali stories. So I'm so happy that like, others are actually enjoying hearing it so i'm still happy for you to like reach out and like bring me on this is actually a lot this is so much fun and then you know a little plug in make sure everybody follow my page Eaton and hammer it's on instagram um it's a little bit dead right now because nobody told me it's really hard to run a somali blog when you're not in somalia make sure you follow me there's gonna be a lot of amazing things happening if y'all have any more questions about somalia about life in Mogadishu, how to navigate as a woman you know, finding love in a hopeless place, which I'm so glad we didn't talk about because, whew, that's a different story for another day. <laughs> Reach out to me, y'all.